It finally dawned on Eric. Everything else in Monty's set seemed to have purpose. Everything was obvious except for the minivan. And it also dawned on Eric. Monty's favorite class last semester was probability and statistics. He doesn't believe in coincidences. Has anyone checked the van? We've got to figure this out before Rondi gets back. The flight simulator is why we train so hard. There's no way I'm missing it. Who else is with me on this? Errington and the rest of his classmates compared notes and decided to do a walkthrough of the set. They decided it was very important to start over at the beginning, since they had all jumped to conclusions earlier. One student pulled Dr. McCracken's addendum to the ASM-5, while the rest of the group reviewed the set. They unanimously came up with this scenario to pitch Rondi when she returned. Rondi, we've gone over everything you told us earlier, and we think we figured out what we missed. We'd love to show you, and we hope this didn't jeopardize our participation in the flight simulation. Rondi radioed the information down to Mr. Richteropus and apologized for the delay. Then, with clipboard in hand, joined the other students in front of Monty's vignette. Eric explained they had all rushed to judgment and had only considered one factor, the chocolate chip cookies. But when they applied the cardinal rule, everything looked different. They had been taught in class, you may not know the relevance, but write down the details. So they scanned the room and noted a few things. 10 a.m. on the clock, a cup of coffee in one hand, kids' artwork on the fridge. They all agreed it most likely was morning time. Logically, freshly baked cookies would indicate after school, so they knew this is where there's more to the story. So they investigated further. They located a sign-up sheet for the back-to-school parent potluck. They could see their subject mom had volunteered to take chocolate chip cookies to the luncheon. So that, coupled with such a confused look on her face, made them wonder. How would she transport the cookies to the school? So, Rondi, this is where we paid careful attention. We located an invitation for an end-of-summer picnic. And I know Monty doesn't believe in coincidences. So I thought about the van. And when we pulled the McCracken addendum and realized the highlight of the study, stages of food spoilage, it all started coming together. Here. Eric handed Rondi the picnic invitation. See? Turn it over. A note on the back of the invitation read, A picnic wouldn't be a picnic without your deviled eggs. Looking forward to seeing you there. So we realized... The plastic carrier mom needed to transport the cookies is the same plastic carrier mom used for the eggs. She forgot the leftovers from the picnic in the van all week. The walk to the arena was long and quiet until Rondi broke the silence. As disappointed as I am about ending the test early, y'all know we dodged a bullet back there. Well, that was basically a fart in a box. If those molecules would have been released, it would have stuck with us for days. On our clothes, in our hair, we would have even tasted it. Aren't we in trouble? 
Well, no, that's a very advanced odor. Usually only the senior level classes test that particular process. The whole team was impressed that a freshman requested that vial. I know I was hard on y'all back there, but I wanted to see how far y'all could go with it. I'm impressed with the class, and I think we can finish strong with the flight simulation. Everyone's waiting on us. For the rest of the walk, Rondi talked to Eric. She commended him on his leadership and explained to him that most everyone trained for years, not only to be able to handle that particular odor, but to understand how to look at each situation with all the facts before making a decision. A totality of the circumstances. For being a rookie, you sure seem to have a senior-level sniffer. Have you ever thought about going out for this snap team? Well, no. I don't know that much about it, except that Monty's trying out for it. But I don't want to be a primary porter. Rondi explained that you don't have to be a primary porter if you're on the snot team. But most of the primary porters and lead techs are on the snot team at some point. I was on it in my sophomore and freshman years. It was a good way to get noticed by Mr. Richteropis, but it's also a great way to travel the world and use your special skills. The Special Noses and Toeses team is an elite team that is called upon for situations such as emergency odor identification or for rescue operations. My digging skills got me noticed. I'm qualified as an expert digger. Anyway, I don't know if it interests you, but I thought I'd let you know. Rondi led the Ardlings and Barklets into the locker room of the arena. There, Monty sat alone in a wrestling helmet, a singlet, and a pair of roller skates. He was happy to see the others finally show up, but was not excited about being barraged with questions about where he's been. As soon as the chatter began, Rondi reminded the rest of the class that everyone was waiting on them for the test to begin. It's important for y'all to stay in your lane. And she meant that literally. Each Ardling and Barklet was given a lane assignment for the indoor track. They all suited up, the same outfit as Monty's, but the helmet and skate colors differentiated the more experienced vets. Marky, suspended high above the track on a collapsing seat, readjusted and wondered how much longer it would be until the test would begin. It reminded her of when she helped her dad build a dunk tank for the school fundraiser. Except this one was 10 times as high and had no water underneath. She loved the flight suit she was wearing, though. But she couldn't quite figure out the purpose of all the wires that were connected. Her shoulders, hands, legs, and back all had strings attached that dangled down towards the track below. She felt like a human marionette, but with no handler. Until... Thirty-five aardvarks skated around the outside, then lined up and tethered themselves to Marky's flight suit. Rondi, now in the observation tower with Loretha and Tarsha, tapped into Marky's headset to relay instructions. She explained that on the green light, she would take flight. And even though things may look and feel real, they would not actually leave the arena. It would be a controlled flight, 
And much like the first two phases, the purpose of the test was to track and record her body's physiological responses to certain odors and the memories surrounding them. Marky gave a thumbs up, then locked her helmet shield into place. The skaters assumed the ready position, lead arm in front and bent, their trail arm loosely extended behind. All eyes were forward. Their steps were quick and powerful when they saw the green light. Marky's carpeted bench seat collapsed underneath as the aardvark shoved off. Marky's stomach dropped at first. Then, the feeling of weightlessness took over, just like flying a kite with Tarsha. The skater stayed in a tight formation at first. Then, the front few gave it some gas. Marky's head and chest tipped forward and arms outstretched. She settled into a nice flying position above. The first few laps around the track were mainly to establish the course. Practicing at gliding speed was important so they could determine the amount of drag needed around the turns. Marky thought she'd probably look like a balloon at a Thanksgiving Day parade. And as she daydreamed of mashed potatoes and pumpkin pie, a loveliness of ladybugs surrounded her. And as she looked closer, Marky noticed the ladybugs had saddles on their backs. And in each saddle sat an odor ant, wearing an aviator hat and goggles. And as soon as they leveled out to a steady cruising altitude, Marky relaxed into the flight. The next few laps were very smooth. The skaters held the same speed long enough for Marky's responses to be recorded and printed out for Loretha in the observation tower. Okay, Tarsha, so this is where the magic happens. You'll be able to use this printout at training camp. All of this data will show you how Marky's flight patterns change depending on the surrounding odors. Okay, so keep your eyes on the Stanko. Rondi, let's begin. Rondi cued the odor ants. They pushed small crates with parachutes off the back end of their ladybug. When the crates touched down in the middle of the arena, Thousands of iridescent green odor bubbles were released into the atmosphere. Marky flew through a patch of strawberry molecules first and immediately felt her left side pull high. See? Watch your stinkometer. She loves strawberries. What do you see happening, Tarsha? The dial indicator is definitely in the red. It's reading strong to vary. What does it mean, little Rita? Right side off course. I repeat, right side off course. The aardvarks on the left pulled hard on their tethers. Marky responded well and leveled out pretty quickly. Well, what this means, Tarsha, is that you've got your work cut out for you. As you'll see, anything that registers on the Stinko as meh or strong to vary is going to affect her. It can make her roll, pull, turn? We just don't know. Her sensitivities are, well, sensitive. But look, that's why we're here. She may go through a little bit of turbulence, but you'll see how it'll all come together in a second. Marky continued to fly around the track and through the bubbles until they all dissipated. 
the various smells, the good and the bad, caused her to react. And all the data was recorded and transmitted to Loretha. Pancakes with butter and syrup caused an abrupt S-turn. Raw onions, a complete nosedive. Smells and odors caused formations and maneuvers to happen one after the next. From morning breath to moldy dish rag, straight into suntan lotion and blueberry muffin. Marky flew through until all the bubbles were popped. Tarsha, now we will begin the recollection section of Marky's flight. First, I'd like for you to choose some scents off this menu, specifically aromas from her time in the field, when she grew the most. Then we'll have the ants release them into her flight path as you give her voice cues. As soon as we extract her reactions, we're nothing more than a few algorithms away from Marky's very own formula. As soon as Tarsha finalized her scent selection, Rondi waved a yellow flag. The ladybugs flew into pit row, loaded odor crates onto their backs, then took to the air until they were called upon. Go ahead, Tarsha. Speak into the microphone. I am safe to be me, and I love who I am becoming. And as Tarsha's voice rang out over the microphone, the cedarwood, frankincense, and vetiver ants got the green light to release their crates. I am alive, connected, and aware. Then the clary sage, cardamom, and sandalwood ants released their crates. And each time the crates landed, electric pink odor bubbles floated into the atmosphere. And as Marky heard Tarsha's voice, she flew through the familiar smells, and the ardlings and barklets could immediately sense a difference. Instead of feeling like being on a roller coaster or free fall, Marky felt like she was floating. Her turns had purpose. Her moves were effortless. Each time a crate hit the ground and an aroma filled the air, she remembered. The elephants, ram and deer. Mama Claire and five. Marky smiled as she remembered the whale and the owl. Loretha was able to capture it all. She gave Rondi the go-ahead to close up shop. It was time to formulate the formula. Rondi, you know what this means. I need you to retrieve the Ardonium and meet me in the lab, please. Ardonium, a rare, top-secret ingredient that Loretha discovered during her gap year, was stored deep in the ground in a locked vault. Rondi was tasked with retrieving and guarding the Ardonium during the client's formula formulation. Each blend started with Ardonium, but was then individualized to meet the client's unique needs. No two blends were ever the same.
And while Lilaretha and Rondi packaged Marky's final product, Monty, Erinct, and the rest of the students went to the locker room to change. Now that we all have a minute, I want to go ahead and make an announcement. Y'all were all wondering what happened when I got called to Mr. Rector Opus's office. Well, she and I have decided today will be my last day. The entire student section gasped and the chatter was immediate. Erinct went to the water fountain in the hallway to gather the few students that missed the big announcement. Y'all, we've got to get in here. Monty just derelicted his duty. Ew, what? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. He's doing it right now, in the middle of the room, in front of everybody. But I didn't quit. I've been given an opportunity, and I want to chase it. Mr. Rector Opus's friend Tarsha has an open position at her training camp. It's part of the MDT. Marky's development team. Tarsha said my knowledge of the ASM-5 and my high tolerance for eggs made me the perfect candidate. I'll have a few responsibilities, but mainly, I'll be the smell tester. Every day, I'll have to sniff the place up and down and rid the premises of anything that Miss Marky would deem stinky. I start tonight. And while they waited on Monty to gather his things, Tarsha and Marky met Loretha in the lobby. Loretha handed Marky a beautiful glass bottle labeled 325. 